1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. We want to thank you for joining us today. You and your cats, of course, are the reason we do this show. I'm joined today by my co-host and husband, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, Dewey.
2: Hello there, cat people. Welcome to the show.
1: While we're doing this show, I want you to go out to Facebook right now and find Cat behavior solutions because cat talk radio is actually an outreach program of cat behavior solutions we're here to give you free professional behavior advice that will help you prevent and stop any unwanted cat behaviors you're having in your home so go to facebook cat behavior solutions we'll be putting up a uh, you'll see a post that says we're live on the air and then in the comments section there you will watch us um, post uh, pictures and people can post questions and we're going to put cat of the week and thank yous and stuff like that up there. That's a great way for you to ask us questions during the show.
2: Well, today's show is going to be all about a cat's world. We've all said that or heard that somewhere along the line. So what we're going to be talking about is why cats do the silly things that they do. And if you'd like to call in and... Ask a question. We gave you the phone number. Um, We'd like to uh, repeat it to you again. It's 866-742-5792. Call in. Let's talk a little bit about how silly cats are and all the silly things that they do. And so we're joined today by our favorite uh, cat, Tabasco. And we're going to see if we can get him to wake up a minute and say hello. I think we tried to do this last week, but... um, He did not wake up, so we're going to try to see if we can wake him up now. Come on, Tabasco, let's come to the microphone. Say hi to your fans. There we go, Tabasco. But before we do that, we do want to go and talk about the Cat of the Week.
1: Our Cat of the Week is Luigi. I want you to go to our Facebook page and see him. He is absolutely adorable. He's just a little tiny kitten to about four months old in that picture. Our friend Kim rescued him from a really busy four-lane road. He was only weeks old. She nursed him into eating on his own, and he charmed her and Alfonso into keeping him. We call that cats adopting you. Happens all the time. And actually, more cats come into our lives by that method of them adopting us than they do from being adopted into shelters. Another funny thing is that Kim says that little Luigi has really short front legs and it makes him hop like a rabbit when he runs. He's really adorable. You got to go see the picture. He's yawning. So he kind of looks like our cat talk radio kitten in our logo.
2: That's a great story. And we get great stories in here, the cat of the week. That's a really good thing that we do. And if you're interested in having your cat represented, so... Uh, Send your photos and emails to molly at cattalkradio.com and we will be sure and get that uh, on our show. Uh, We'd love to hear good stories about your cats. So as we move forward into the show, we'd like to talk a little bit about our show guest Tabasco and some of his dirty laundry and talk a little bit about him and what he does in his world and you may be able to identify in your cat and your cat world some of these very same things what do you think about that tabasco can we get going
0: <coughs>
2: thank you thank you thank you so molly let's talk a little bit about shuttering their tails cat have the tendency sometimes to shutter their tails what do you think they're saying or what do you think they're doing
1: Well, it is funny. They're usually standing with their tails really erect, and you'll see that tail just kind of shudder and shake. And usually it means that they're stimulated, they're they're happy to see you. They're aroused. It's it's usually a happy thing. Now if you've got an unaltered male cat, you watch out cuz it can also mean that he's spraying straight out the back and and marking territory. So when you see your cat doing that, um just kind of check the wall behind him and make sure he didn't leave anything unpleasant behind.
2: Yeah, for sure. We don't want that not tonight. <laughs> so, Another thing is when you're walking down the hallway, and maybe people can identify with this. You're walking down the hallway of your house, and you've got something heavy in your hand, and all of a sudden a cat is under your feet, and you're you're worried about stepping on them, and and they're always just running around your feet. What do you think is, what do you yeah, think yeah. that's from, Molly? <laughs> well,
1: it is always the case. They have the most incredible timing. You know, you you can be walking with a you know, something very fragile or your freshly baked cake or something, and they'll get right under your feet at the most inopportune times. And, you know, this could be a variety of things. It it can most always usually mean they're hungry because they should always be hungry. You know, I, I um, talked to my friend Jackson Galaxy about this, and we talk about that you know, free feeding cats is one of the worst things you can do for the species. And you want your cats to be a little hungry all of the time. It makes them much easier to interact with and and train. And uh, Jackson will actually be on our show next week. So listen to that because we, we touch on some of that. So it could be they're hungry very often they're attention seeking they're just trying to get your attention which was probably what I'm going to tell you for 99% of the things you ask me today but you know they could also if you have a routine and this is involving you leaving and it's like the time of day you normally leave or you're in a routine and you have things in your hands and you're headed to the car like you've put on your coat you've gotten your purse well they know when you're leaving and they don't want you to leave they want you to stay and play so it could be an attempt to to sabotage your trip wherever it
2: is that you're going. That's that's good answer. Good answer. I can understand that now. Now this this next one, I'm I, the first time I heard this. I was really disoriented as I'm listening to the cat do this. The cat's looking outside the window and runs to the door, wants to go out the door, and starts this. Crazy chattering sound, chatty sound, and I I never heard that before. And I look outside, and there's the birds on the ground. So uh, I, I couldn't figure out what that is. So tell us a little bit what that means when a cat is chattering at birds.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, that was something I, I actually learned in school that surprised me. The an, the answer to this surprised me. They said that they're actually trying to mimic the bird calls. And there's some study that they did with cats in the wild where, you know, cats cats are actually trying to sound like birds, I guess, presumably to attract them over to them so they can have lunch is what I'm guessing. So I think it's uh, it's an excitement. Obviously, they're very excited to see the little birds outside and want to uh, perhaps go snack on them. And so they're trying to call them over.
2: Well, it sure didn't sound like to me he was calling anything over. He was looking like he was ready to lick his chops and chow down so okay so you know here's something else it's it's interesting as you see cats get older you see them having a a belly flab or or their bellies drop and it looks like a pouch underneath their belly so um tell us a little bit about what that is the belly flapping thing
1: are you sure we're still talking about cats
2: (laughs) yes we're (laughs) talking about cats (laughs)
1: <laughs> you weren't you weren't referencing to me now, were you, my love?
2: <laughs> no, that probably myself. I'm I'm feeling that same kind of belly flabbing thing going on.
0: <laughs> How about well, you,
2: Tabasco? What do you think of that?
0: <laughs> wow.
2: I don't think he's too happy about that.
1: <laughs> well, actually, that belly flap has a name. And I'm going to start calling my flabby tummy this. It's called a primordial pouch. Doesn't that sound better than belly flap?
2: Yeah, it sure does.
1: (laughs) And it actually, the primordial pouch actually has a purpose um, in cats, it protects their stomachs and organs. You know, if you think about, if you if you've watched National Geographic and you've watched lions and tigers take down prey, you know they grab that zebra and they throw him down and they kick with their back legs and they they basically gut them with their back legs. Well, cats have that primordial pouch to to protect themselves from predators um, getting in their stomachs. An interesting little fact here that. Bengals and Egyptian mouths actually have more prominent primordial pouches, which, um, which kind of allows them some more, um, what I want to say, allows them to twist and jump more ag- ag- agilely, so it gives them some more agility, um, and, and that little fact comes to us from the Cat Fanciers Association, so don't call it a belly flap, it's a primordial pouch.
2: That's great. I'm going to take that to my beer drinking buddies, and I'm going to recall that. And I think we're going to spread that around. <laughs> that's going to be a big hit. We're going to take that on. Thank you, Tabasco. My okay.
1: pouch is bigger than yours.
2: <laughs> I think we're going to have some contests now. That that's a much better thing than standing around talking about how fat we are. <laughs> it's like it's
1: no longer belly bucking. It's primordial pouch bucking, or something like that. Pouch
2: punching. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> okay so let's uh let's, let's talk about this one for a minute so the cat jumps up and wants to be pet petted and and caressed and we love to do that but it always tends to when we're sitting at a table or something it always tends to turn its butt to my face and i don't know if he's trying to tell me something or what's that about for goodness sakes
1: <laughs> you know, Tabasco did that just the other day. A dear friend of ours, Chuck, came to visit, and uh, Chuck was working with me on on the computer, and he was leaning down on my desk, and Tabasco jumped up to say hi, and of course he rubbed against Chuck, and then he proceeded to present his butt to Chuck's face, <laughs> and and it was it was pretty funny. So, so what's going on there is usually when it when a cat presents his butt to your face, he has this raised tail, of course. And, and it actually is a show of trust. It, it's a very vulnerable position for the cat, for us too, I guess. But but it's it's a show of, of being vulnerable and vulnerability. It's it's granting you full access to their scent, which is important to them. So, you know, unlike a dog that tucks its tail, you know, and, and runs and doesn't let you smell its butt, when a cat raises that tail and, and presents you that butt, that's a... You should be proud. That means he trusts you and and wants to share with you.
2: It looked like he was blinking at me or winking at me with his butt. <laughs> yeah, he's blinking and winking <laughs> <laughs> all the same time. Well,
3: <laughs>
2: so let's move on to this.
3: Yes, let's thing. move so, on. <laughs> yeah,
2: move on in that conversation. So so Tabasco has a box of toys. Like I'm sure a lot of cat people have a box of toys. And he goes to the toy box and he grabs out a toy. And then he comes down the hallway and he's yowling. He's got the toy in his mouth and partway down the hallway he drops it. And then he stands over the top of it and yells and, and then moves on. What do you think that yowling is? And what do you think he's trying to, to tell us in that?
1: situation. <laughs> it is funny because we, we we refer to it as carnage. We walk out and there'll be eight or nine toys in the hall and we go, wow, Tabasco, you've left a lot of carnage in the hall today. And you know, that's a funny behavior because he didn't always do that. It was when we had marmalade uh, in our foster care and marmalade had a badly broken leg and the leg had a rod and, and was pinned and marmalade had to be in a, in a metal cage, uh, you know, because he had to be confined. He couldn't couldn't get out and climb around and jump around on that, that freshly operated leg. So Tabasco started bringing these things and would drop them right outside his door. We had him in a room, but the door was open and and Tabasco would yowl and yowl and yowl and drop them outside. Presumably for marmalade, but in reality, you know, and people ask this too: Why do my cats bring me presents? Whether it's prey or whether it's it's toys, and they bring them to you as if it's prey and drop it, and it's it's not a gift because you know there's nothing in their wiring. That makes them want to share a meal with you. They're solitary creatures. They don't share food. So they're not bringing you a gift. What they're actually trying to do, they, they think, is they may be trying to teach you to hunt. So I think what he's doing is he's saying, hey, deadbeat, you know, go get some prey. This is what you're supposed to do. Because when they were kittens, that's how their mom taught them to hunt. Mom would go get prey and would bring it back to the nest of the litter of kittens and, and drop it and yowl at them and say, see, that's what we do. We go hunt, we get prey, we bring it back. And um, so we think so we that, think that that's probably what they're trying to teach us. Now, why he picked marmalade to start this weird behavior, I I don't know. But even since marmalade's been gone... And even since Marmalade was out of the kennel and free roaming, he continued this behavior and is is still doing it, even when we don't have fosters. So, I, I think he's trying to tell us we should go hunt for him more.
2: Well, let's just ask him, Tabasco, is that true? Is that what you're trying to do, teach us how to hunt? Ah. It is wow. That is really cool. We, we hit on that one. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> okay, we got a few minutes before we break. Uh, let's let's talk real quick about uh, cat stealing crackers out of your hands. It's a good good wow. topic because that's what the, Tabasco does. So you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I uh, I admit I like to eat goldfish crackers. They're they're kind of my weakness. And every time I get goldfish crackers, Tabasco is like ravenous for these things, which makes no sense. There's nothing nutritional in there for cats at all, and there's no reason why he would be craving cheese. But when I have Um, goldfish crackers he will literally bite them out of my hand i think we have a picture even of him doing that last week he does this so often now i tested this theory and i took goldfish crackers as a snack to the shelter this last weekend and i tried to offer them to the shelter cats just to see if this was a common delight and it was not i couldn't get a single one of those cats to eat the goldfish crackers so this is just an oddity of Tabasco's. And I think it's attention-seeking because, you know, I go, Tabasco, stop it. And I push him away and we have some interaction there. And, you know, any interaction, whether it's bad or good, is is what cats are looking for. It's kind of like a two-year-old, you know, when it throws a tantrum because you're not paying attention to it. And then you go, what, what? And even if you're yelling at them and go, you know... Little Charlie, you know, shut up, stop screaming. A lot of times they'll do that again just because they were successful at diverting your attention from whatever it is you were doing. So I think some of it's attention-seeking, and then, I don't know, he eats the thing. So maybe he actually genu- genuinely likes them. Who knows?
2: Okay, it's time for a break. We would like to thank everybody for listening to us, and we'll be back shortly. Uh, We're talking today on uh, what silly things cats do. So be sure and follow us again on Facebook, and uh, we'll be back shortly.
3: the experts call toll-free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com
0: you can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at CatBehaviorSolutions.com. That's CatBehaviorSolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking about why cats do the silly things that they do specifically we have tabasco joining us today i think he's taken a nap during the show but he's uh he has been chiming in every now and then we've been airing his dirty laundry about all the silly things that he does and uh before, there he is he must have he's woke awake
2: up. he's awake
1: thanks for joining <laughs> us little buddy Tabasco woke up because he wanted me to share something with you before we go on. We have some some questions actually from listeners to read to you. But before we do that, Tabasco would like to thank his special friend, Brian Edwards. You see, Brian has a firm called Brian Edwards Wealth Management, and Brian has some products that uh, I've invested in that guarantee lifetime income, and Tabasco urged me to do this so that I could take care of his vet bills. You know, he's 14 now, and he's unfortunately coming into getting ready at 15. Uh, We'll hit geriatric stage in life and, and undoubtedly, like us, probably have a rise in medical bills. So he wanted to thank Brian for helping me to be able to afford to take care of him in the way that he needs to be taken care of. So if you would like a little extra security in taking care of your cats... Give Brian a shout out. You can find him at com, And it's Brian with a Y. Now, Dewey, I, th- I think you had some questions um, during the break come in. What you got?
2: I sure do. And I thank those for those people that are sending in the questions. We'd like to hear more of those. So please dial into the number and give us a call or uh, give us an email. Uh, so this listener is asking, um, is, uh, what's my cat saying when it's roll? is it asking for a belly rub when it rolls over on its back and exposes its tummy to me?
1: Uh, be careful. It's a trap. <laughs> no, typically cats do not like to have their bellies rubbed. Now, I know I hear all the time, oh, my cat loves to have his belly rubbed. But trust me, that's the exception to the rule. Don't go there. That is the off zone. Don't massage that primordial pouch because it's going to get you hurt. You know, when a cat rolls around on the floor belly up it's actually getting a good stretch you know and it it might also be scratching its back it feels good to them and they can do it when they're feeling real energetic and stimulated too it can also mean they want to play you know so if your cat's rolling around with its belly exposed don't put your hand in there but grab that wand toy and dangle that on the belly and and watch them jump up and come alive and and take the opportunity to have a good prey play session
2: That's great. We have another question here from another listener, and thank you for that. Um, And this happens with Tabasco, I see a lot, and he doesn't like that either. Closed doors. Why do cats not like closed doors?
1: That's a very good question. It does always seem that, you know, if you shut a cat out of a room, it wants in. If you shut a cat in a room, it wants out. And, And that's all about a very key factor in a cat's psyche. A cat must have choice and control to have mental stability. Cats, you know, we often uh, strip them of choice and control when we confine them to small spaces and they don't like that and they show that when you close a door. I've I've seen some horrific destruction to houses on doors and carpets ripped out from under doors when cats are shut in a room. They need to have the choice to go where they want, when they want. Now, of course, within reason, don't open your front door and, and let them have the world as his choice but you know within the home if you shut a cat out of a room or shut yourself in a room undoubtedly he's going to want to know what's going on on the other side of that closed door you know one of uh, the leading example of a cat being stripped of choice and control is when they get taken to a shelter and they're put in these relatively tiny kennels and they don't have many choices you know they don't they don't get to choose where they go when they want to go and they've lost total control of their environment and it's very very stressful for them so indulge your cat in a little choice and control it'll it'll go a long way in, in making his behavior good and his mental health better
2: That's great. And uh, we have another, we've actually been getting some uh, questions coming in here. We like this. So this one says, uh, why does my cat need or massage the blankets? That's a good question.
1: Because he's softening them up, of course.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fluffing them up.
1: Loving them, of course. Actually, that's a uh, that's a body language that they develop as tiny kittens. And if you've ever seen little tiny kittens that are nursing on their moms, they'll they'll do that kneading. That you know, paws. What he's talking about when he says kneading is you know those paws extend and flex out. Toes are fully flexed, and then the paws come in, and they're. You know, like they're kneading dough. It's K N E A D, not N E E D. Like they're kneading dough. So they'll do that on on the mom's uh, breasts to help the milk flow, and it also calms them down. So a lot of cats will carry that into adulthood, just as something that they do as they're getting kind of sleepy and going to sleep, and it's it's very calming for them to to replicate that that motion that they had when they were tiny kittens nursing.
2: That's great. That's good. So, I got another question here from a listener, and they're asking, why does my cat hate the new cat? And I think anybody that has ever had a new cat come into the home has experienced some of that. There may be very few of you that ha- that didn't experience that, but why does that transition happen that way?
1: Wow, we need a whole show to answer this question. So, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version here, but... We might have to, we might have to slate this for a, a whole show soon. So cats evolved as solitary species. Um, they're not dogs. Dogs evolved, and as a social hierarchy, you know, they have packs and pack structure. Cats did not. In the wild, there's one cat to about a six city block territory, and there aren't any other cats in there. They don't get together and hang out and they don't, they don't hunt together and they don't share meals together. So when you have a cat, It has established your home as its territory. And then you bring another cat in that just genetically sets off fire alarms that there's a cat trying to invade and take over its resources. So there's very strict protocol of what you need to do to introduce a new cat into your environment. And you can find those actually on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Just scroll down on the home page, and it'll show you there instructions on how to introduce a new cat that's that's your best bet um to getting cats to get along but be sure you go slow because as a rule of thumb they do not like each other and it is very possible for cats to cohabitate successfully and and become buddies even and sleep together but it's not the rule of thumb so go slow there and and actually we'll we can delve into that much deeper in an upcoming show good question
2: yeah, that is a good question. Let's ask Tabasco. Tabasco, what do you think about bringing in new cats? Whoa. He's not happy about that.
1: Tabasco, I don't wanting to keep this little foster, honey. Oh, man.
2: Okay, settle Tabasco? down. Tabasco, settle down. It'll be okay. We're not bringing one in right now. It's Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the next thing. This is kind of a strange thing. We saw this on a foster that we brought in. Marmalade was the name of this beautiful little kitty. Uh, but it it tended to suckle on a blanket as if it was that was the mother. And what is that about? What do you think that's happening there, Molly?
1: Yeah, I get asked that a lot. Um, it, to be honest, people don't really know. But the best guess is that it... You know, somehow it calms them and makes them feel better. Usually, it's it's called suckling, and uh, wool sucking. We call it too. Usually, it's it's accompanied by the the kneading we just talked about, where they're they're kind of massaging that blanket and they're sucking on soft blankets. It's usually soft, nubby type surfaces. And marmalade loved my robe. I have this cashmere robe that's the softest thing on the planet, and he'd get up there and just suckle on that robe and to him. You know, till he fell asleep. So it's not a bad thing. It's not something you know that you should try to break as a habit. Just if it, if they, if it's making them feel good and they're doing it, then just let them do it. Nothing wrong with it.
2: That's that's good. He didn't seem to have any problem uh, doing that uh, with a lot of different blankets, and we didn't have a problem with it either. So the next one though is a real problem, and I know a lot of people will identify with this if you're working a, a job and your cat is meowing constantly at night and meowing through the day and it's just kind of that sometimes it gets a little bit annoying and you you've done everything you can do for the for the cat what do you think is happening when a cat is meowing so much
1: yeah, it always seems like you know, Dewey Office is here with us and it always seems like you'd be on a conference call and here comes Tabasco down the hall with his latest toy kill. Meow, meow, meow with the loudest voice. It's, it's it's like he knows. And part of that is the answer to that question. He knows when you're not ready to pay attention to him. So a lot of it is, is you know, um, attention-seeking. Most of it is attention-seeking. Most of it is, you know, hey, pay attention to me and my needs. You know, either I'm hungry or I want you to get up and do something or I want to play. Usually it's, I'm hungry.
2: Well, it looks like we have a caller on the line. We have Jim from Chicago. Hey, Hello, Jim. Jim.
4: Hello. Hi, Hi, Jim. Jim? Hi. How's the, <laughs> really enjoying. How's the, the weather Great. in Chicago today? Oh, good. Thank you. Oh uh, well, you know, it, it, it's slightly getting a little warmer, but uh, still, uh, the cats don't like it so cold. Not <laughs> <I bet>. bad. <laughs> I, I open bet. the door and they go, uh, no. <laughs> So, yeah, so we got the cat boxes, make sure we got them. them Not they say. Um, yeah, I got a question. Uh, I have a cat. We we have him in now, but um, usually he's outside all the time. It's our orange tabby, and his name is Fuff, and um, he's outside a lot, but he comes in. But we recently, about uh, three months ago, we got a dog. We got a little um, ch- chihuahua dog, like a small dog. And he does not like the dog at all. And he stays outside a lot of the time. You have to separate him when he's in. Um, but how, how, how do you, what are some tips on getting a, a, a cat and a dog kind of better acquainted when the cat really is not interested? What, what would you do in that case?
1: Well, I'm assuming the dog, it's small. It's probably high energy. Usually those dogs are pretty high energy and maybe even barking at the yeah. cat. See, vocal. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. A, cats, little bit, you know, a little
4: bit, but not too much. He's 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 fairly well behaved.
1: Yeah, cats, you know, cats are not dogs. So again, there's no social hierarchy there. He's not going to develop a I'm the alpha cat, you're the alpha dog type of relationship with the dog that the dog is seeking. So getting a cat to like a dog is a lot like getting a cat to like a cat. Um, I would suggest going to our website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, and scroll down on that homepage, and you'll see a spot there where it, it talks about introducing cats together. And try some of that protocol with the dog. You might also, you know, give your cat time. So if the cat is in and likes to be in in the evening then maybe put the dog up during that time and let the cat have free roam of the rest of the house so kind of share spaces with them that way Um, it, it is better if you keep your cats indoors, uh, just because of the so many things that they get exposed to in addition to to inclement weather that you have in that part of the country, but also disease and of course getting hit by cars and predators and things like you know, that, we have
4: we have a space, yeah, we have a space out back that they that's fenced in, thin and they usually just kind of poke around there and there's some um there's some well, now there's bare trees they can jump up on and stuff, but yeah. Aren't. Good. All right, well, good. I'll good. look on your site. That was really helpful. I'll, I'll check it out. Awesome. So thank, thanks, for, thanks for the tip.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for calling in today, Jim.
2: Thanks, Jim. Sure. Okay. And, get, and stay warm. Bye-bye. Right, stay warm. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, that was great. Thank you. And uh, anyone else, uh, call in, please, uh, if you have any questions. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in your world. Uh, so here's another one that we got from uh, a ride in listener, who is saying, uh, what about scratching the furniture, which this has got to be the number one of anybody that's buying a cat has to think about what are they going to do to our furniture? What's your thought about scratching furniture, Molly?
1: Well, uh, quite simply, cats need to scratch. This isn't an optional activity for a cat. It needs to scratch. And if you don't give it something of its own to scratch on, it's going to use your furniture. Or carpet, or anything else it can get its nails into. Maybe even your leg if you're unlucky, you know. And
2: not today.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, Tabasco has lots of things to scratch on, so he doesn't do that. But they need to do it because it. The most important thing is it gives them a big back stretch. You know, they, they like to get full out and stretch and kind of pull their back. That's really, really important for those muscles up and down their back and the alignment of their back. They also um, break off the dead tips of their nails you know, so it's the nails actually have like little sheaths over them that end up getting dead. And so when they scratch, that pops up all that dead nail growth and and that feels good to them also. So give your cat something to scratch on. Um, make sure that the scratching post, if you're going to get a scratching post, is good and tall because your cat needs a full on stretch of a scratch. So think about your cat, you know, standing up, legs fully extended up in the air. That's usually pretty tall. Usually, thirty-six inches, forty-eight inches is even better. Some things you can do is buy those, um, like commercial carpet squares, and tack them to the wall so that um, this cat cat actually has a tall space to scratch up on the wall. And you know, some cats prefer to scratch horizontally, so get them those. Um, you know, corrugated cardboard. looks like the corrugated cardboards are on their side and and stacked up. Get them one of those, again, nice and big and long so that they can scratch on the ground. And I would give them options. Quite frankly, I I would give them both. And cats have, preferences different preferences for substrates you know some cats like to scratch soft carpeted things and other cats like to scratch the sisal rope and some like to scratch bark someone actually did a study and said that bark is the number one texture that cats like to scratch and you can make a lot of these things yourself you don't need to go out and invest uh, hundreds of dollars on a on a cat post or big cat tree um you know, you can make them at Home Depot. You can get four by four posts and wrap them with a sisal rope and, or wrap them with carpet or, uh, or things like that. It doesn't have to be a major investment. But if you do not want them to scratch your furniture, you must provide them their own things. And please do not consider declawing your cat. That is, that is amputation at their, at their joint, actually, and it is brutal and it is painful, and please don't put them through that. They do make some rubber nail cap covers that are very effective, um, that if you feel like you need to deter them from scratching, go with that.
2: That's great. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We're going to go to a short break here, and we'll be coming back with you real shortly talking about silly cat facts and why cats do what they do in the silly way they do it. Talk to you soon.
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.
3: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S. about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at CatBehaviorSolutions.com. That's CatBehaviorSolutions.com.
3: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Cat Talk Radio with Molly DeVos. To reach the show, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or you may send an email to molly at cattalkradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody.
1: We've been talking about cats and the weird things they do and why they do those weird things. We thank you for joining us today. And Dewey, I think you got some more stuff to ask, don't you?
2: I sure do. Here's a question, and and this is something that everybody can identify with. So you have a cat, and you've got a bunch of people coming over to your house. It's inadvertently that someone in that crowd is allergic to cats, and so they're all sitting down, and you've tried to put your cat up, but the cat breaks out, and he just comes into the room, and he just inadvertently sits right into that one person that's an allergic to him, and he's looking for affection. What do you think is happening with with that situation, Molly?
1: That's true. They know, don't they? And most people say, you know, he's tormenting me. He's just trying to torture me. Cats hate me. And None of that is true. They don't have those emotions. But what is happening there is they pick up very strongly on body language. You know they're not like dogs at all. One of the worst things you can do is is think about cats as dogs. So dogs are very expressionistic. You know they look at you and they, you know, they raise their eyebrows and they've actually studies have shown that dogs actually, you know, memorize our facial expressions and try to mimic them to get reactions out of us. Well, cats obviously don't. You know, a cat's got the same expression for the most part all the time. In the wild, they have very very subtle body language language that communicates to one another so they pick up on our body language just like they do when they're watching other cats in the wild One of those things is eye contact. So all your friends that love cats are staring at the cats. They're going, oh, look, it's a little kitty, kitty. And they're reaching out to him. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Trying to pet him and, you know, looking right at him and reaching towards and leaning forward. Well, that one person that is allergic is avoiding eye contact. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. No, no, no. Don't come over here. And so they're not looking at the cat or they're looking at the cat out of the side of their eyes they've got their hands down they're not reaching out they're pulling their body away from the cat and actually all those things cats find less threatening so if a cat's got a room full of strangers and everybody's acting like idiots reaching out to it and being overly zealous to it in their body language it's going to go to the person that it feels the safest with which is the one that's not looking at it and that's actually pulling away from it so there you go i guess if you're allergic to cats stare at them directly and reach for them and maybe they'll go the other direction
2: <laughs> yeah i think you can get mesmerized just looking into a cat's eyes i i know i i walked into the room and the cat and i clucked catch a eye to eye and we're staring each other down and i'm walking around and his head is slowly moving around and he's watching me all the way and we're just waiting for one to blink and Finally, I have to just walk away because he's got me under control.
1: You know, that reminds me of a of a story when I was a kid spending summers with my grandmother. I used to read these Alfred Hitchcock short stories, those little paperback books. And, and one of them in there was about this stray cat that was visiting this woman. And the cat would sit out there and would stare at the woman and stare at the woman. And the woman would stare at the cat. And then the woman woke up as the cat. So this cat had some strange body swapping ability. And then the poor woman was stuck in this cat's body and, the, and the woman that it had changed into kicked it out and it had to go as a stray, find another home or person to adopt him. It was a wild story.
2: It was pretty good. See, I think that's exactly what's happening to me. I think I subconsciously, I'm afraid that if I keep looking in that cat's eyes, I'm going to be the cat sometime. So I try to get out of that situation quickly.
1: Well, <laughs> What's so wrong about being Tabasco? Most people say they want to die and come back as one of my cats.
2: Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, that would that would be great. The only difference is is I like living longer than they do.
1: <laughs> well, and probably since you're my husband, you probably have a little better position than the cat anyway.
2: Yay. (laughs) Yes, today. (laughs) Okay, that leads us to another question. Here we go. This is uh, an interesting question because I know people that have allergies, and they have severe allergies, and they'll come in and say, I'm allergic to cats. However, there's a cat in the room that not necessarily are they allergic to. Why is it that there are some cats you're allergic to, or at least seemingly feel like you're allergic to, and others you're not?
1: That's a good question, and actually Sharon asked us that question uh, earlier this week at lunch, and it depends. People are generally allergic to one or two things on cats. Some people are allergic to cat saliva, and others are allergic to cat dander. Now, saliva, obviously, all cats have saliva, and if you're allergic to cat saliva because they, they use their tongues and they groom themselves so much, they're getting saliva all over their coat and all the things they rub on, then you're probably going to be allergic to most cats. But if you're allergic to cat dander, that varies greatly from one cat to the next. It varies in species, and diet plays a big part of And how much dander a cat produces. You want to make sure your cat's getting a primarily meat-based diet with lots of good fish oil and nutrients and that will keep their dander down. You also need to keep your cat's weight down. Obese cats produce a lot of dander because they can't reach their back to groom so they'll end up with lots and lots of dander on their back. So if you're allergic to dander, you are probably one of those people that are sensing some differences between one cat and the other. People come in to the shelter all the time asking me, which one of these cats is the hypoallergenic one? And that always cracks me up because the answer is none of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> that is funny. And a lot of these things are are silly that we're talking about today, but they are so true and they are so real in our lives every day with our cat partners. Uh, one of the things that I, I have noticed with Tabasco You have a cork board in your office, and and you've got a a bunch of pictures put up there with push pins. And there's a bunch of push pins. And I notice when he gets aggravated or agitated, or he wants something uh, from you, he goes up and he'll pull the push, or not pull, you'll just rip them right out of the the wall. So, what do you think is happening when he's pulling push pins out of your billboard?
1: Well, this is a daily ritual every morning. And we have this ritual. He comes into my office. It's usually 9.30, 10 o'clock. I have this big bulletin board in the wall behind my computer, lots of memorabilia and photos and stuff up there, and everything is secured by push pins. And Tabasco will walk across my keyboard twice, once across this way, once across that way, back towards the bulletin board. And he'll go and he'll sit down. He'll look back over his shoulder to make sure I'm watching, and then he'll turn back around and pull the pushpins out with his teeth. And then when the pushpins come out and hit the the top of the desk, he tries to eat them. Because, of course, I'm not going to let him eat the pushpins, so I go, Tabasco, and I get the pushpins, and I put them all back, and then I have to lure him away usually with a treat of course over to his cat bed and say here this is what I want you to do I want you to get in the cat bed well of course I'm reinforcing that bad behavior because he knows every time I pull out these push pins hey I get a treat and led right to my bed and I have to eat my treat take my nap everything's good so I guess the answer to your question is you know he he's not frustrated and he's not angry he's training me And he's doing a really good job of it.
2: Boy, that's for sure. (laughs) He is so funny. I don't think I've seen a cat just take his teeth and pull, push, pins right out of the board and, and just look at you. Once he pulls one, drops one, looks over at you and says, "Okay, I'm ready for my treat now and I'm ready to go take a nap. So do this for me.
1: Well, he's, you know, most bad behavior, by the way, we should probably talk a little bit about this, you should fully ignore, because they're doing it mostly to get your attention. And so if you ignore the behavior, you'll see it disappear. But if you reinforce it in any way, and this includes punishment you know, it's the worst thing you can do. Do not punish your cats, people. It's not working. All it's doing is breaking a bond between you and your cat. We only do positive reinforcement with cats. So, when your cat is doing something good, then you reward them. If your cat is doing something bad, simply ignore it. Well, it's like impossible to ignore a cat trying to ingest a pushpin, for God's sake. So, you know, it's like, I have to get up and go, stop that. Just I don't want a $1,200 vet bill dislodging that from his throat. So he has found the one thing that I cannot let him do that has to get my attention. He's uh, he's smart that way. I told you we were going to air all your dirty laundry, Tabasco. Everybody thinks you're the most well-behaved little celebrity cat on the planet. But really, sometimes you can be quite annoying.
2: Yes, he can. And I have a story for that. The other day, I was sitting... Uh there's a cat treat on the desk, and uh, I had my hand. I was talking to someone and I had my hand on the desk. And Tabasco came up and he grabbed the hairs on my fingers and pulled the hairs on my fingers uh, to to get my attention quickly. <laughs> he was right there by the cat tree bowl. And I could tell that's exactly what he wanted. And I couldn't put my hand back in fear of him pulling the hairs on my finger. So I gave him a treat. And I think I did a bad behavior thing.
1: You did a bad thing. You reinforced that negative behavior. So now, guess what? You can expect more of that behavior. Because whatever behavior we are rewarding, we see more of. Whatever behavior we're ignoring, we will see less of.
2: I was shocked at that moment, and I sure jumped to attention and did what he wanted. I gave him the treat, and he trained me very well at that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Tabasco.
2: Well, we're, we've are we got one more question that we want to try to ask real quick before we uh, leave the show. So what about cats that sleep too much? Is there such a thing?
1: Um, well, cats can sleep like 16 hours a day. They usually take little short naps. We call them cat naps. I think you take those occasionally in the afternoon.
2: Not today.
1: Yeah, but you wish you had. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So cats in the wild have a a very active cycle in their lives. They spend a lot of time hunting. They spend about six hours a day hunting. They exert energy in short bursts, a lot of energy in these short bursts, hunting and catching prey and, and eating it. And then they groom and then they sleep. It's kind of their little their little rhythm, eat, groom, sleep, and that's what they do. So they do end up sleeping about 16 hours a day. Now, I know Sharon was sharing with us earlier that her cat sleeps like all day long for long, like eight hours at a stretch, and that's probably also because they're nocturnal. So if you do what you can to keep your cats active during the day, and if you're not there, that might look like interactive toys, motion-activated toys, you know, things like that. Um, To keep them busy and active so that they aren't sleeping for eight solid hours, because it's not like that's bad for them healthily, but that's going to keep them up at night and you too, likely. So ideally, you know, you'll you'll feed them periodically through the day and that'll keep them awake, too.
2: That's great. Um, So uh, are they in deep sleep at that time?
1: Not necessarily, I mean, they do get REM sleep, but mostly they're on um, they're on cat nap time. And I think that's all we have time for today, do we?
2: That's so, right. It's uh, to the bottom of the hour and or the top of the hour, I suppose, the end of our show. We want to thank everyone for listening because we've been talking about silly cat facts and uh, take it away, Molly.
1: Well, I want to be sure to tell everybody, join us next week for a very, very special episode of Cat Talk Radio. We've got Jackson Galaxy with us. we got the cat daddy himself in the house. So be sure to join us next week. And uh, join us also February 23rd at Dallas Animal Services for a seminar on cat behavior from 3 to 4 in the afternoon. You can find all that on Facebook at Cat behavior solutions have a great week everybody keep calm and purr on
2: bye-bye everybody
0: thanks for tuning in to cat talk radio Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program next Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.